Hey, keto freaks, this is Carl. Do you or someone you know have trouble focusing? You know what I'm talking about. You sit down to read something, try to figure out your monthly budget, write that novel you've been putting off, or maybe you just can't seem to do one task at a time. Well, you may not know this, but I'm a musician as well as a software developer. Programming is a job that requires focus, long periods of uninterrupted work. It's hard for them and for you. I've created Music to Code By. This is music, yes, but it's specifically and scientifically designed to promote focus. Studies show that when math students were exposed to Baroque music between 60 and 80 beats per minute, they did better with comprehension and testing. So I created more modern music that is neither boring nor distracting, but falls within that tempo range. It's just the right mix. I also made the pieces 25 minutes long. That correlates to research that shows we all get brain fatigue after 20 or so minutes of hard focus. The result is thousands of happy customers. Now, you don't have to be a programmer to reap the benefits of music to code by. It has been known to soothe restless pets, calm fussy babies, and even help autistic kids relax and fall asleep. Listen to some free samples at musictocodeby.net. Welcome back to Two Keto Dudes. This is Carl Franklin from Connecticut in the United States. And in February 2016, I put myself on a ketogenic diet to take control of my metabolism. In just two and a half months, I managed to reverse all my markers of type 2 diabetes with diet alone. As of now, I'm 80 pounds lighter with no signs of diabetes or heart disease. Hi, I'm Richard Morris in Canberra, Australia, and I've been on a ketogenic diet since April of 2014. When I started, I was very sick with complications from type 2 diabetes. Within six months of starting a ketogenic diet, all of my biomarkers of disease had disappeared. I've also lost about 80 pounds, and I've completely turned my health around. And this is the part in the show where I normally say that it's a document of my progress through ketosis and Richard's experience thriving for years in ketosis. And then I go, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to do things a little bit differently today, aren't we, Richard? Yeah. (laughs) We're actually going to show you a pilot of a podcast, a new podcast we're working on with Mark Miller and Karen Mangicotti. And you might remember them from show 60, which was Keto Parenting. Well, they are taking this topic and going with it. They want to have a weekly podcast called Keto Families and a sub-podcast for children called Keto Kitties. And they want to do this every week, and they want you to tell them how they're doing. And make sure you let us know what you think of the podcast. You know how to get hold of us. Yeah, email dudes at twoketodudes.com. Go to our forums, forum.twoketo.com, or leave a comment on our website at twoketodudes.com. So without any further ado, here's Mark and Karen. Okay, welcome to Keto Families. I am Karen Mangicotti. And I'm Mark Miller. And you may have heard us on the Two Keto Dudes podcast for families. And we're back. 
We're back. And we're running a solo career now. <laughs> we're on our own. It's a spinoff. We are on our own and talking about the ketogenic lifestyle and how it fits in with family living. So for those of you who don't know, the ketogenic lifestyle is basically a very high-fat, very low-carbohydrate diet. With a little bit of protein in there. With a little bit of protein and maybe even some vegetables now and again. Get the greens. So that's pretty much the essence of the ketogenic lifestyle. If you want more information about uh, percentages and macros and all the science stuff, then go back to the two keto dudes because they cover a lot of that. But what we're going to be covering here is more how to live your life, how to have a family, and how to also have the ketogenic lifestyle as part of all of it. Nice. Yeah, it's not it's not bad and it's not as hard as you think. So some of you might be like, "Okay, that's impossible for me, even more impossible for my family." And we're here to tell you that it's actually not. <laughs> you can do this and many do. And um and we as if Mark and I are married. Last time I checked. Last time we checked, we're married and we have a family and we are doing it and we are figuring it out along with all of you. So we don't have all the answers, but we're assuming that you might. And the purpose of the podcast is essentially to reach out to you to help us raise our family. Is that right, Karen? Did um, I get that right? Pretty much. Okay. <laughs> we could definitely use some help. So we're calling on everybody. And yeah, we expect this to be a collective podcast. We expect um, that we're going to learn just as much as, as you guys do, hopefully even more. Right. Yeah. Definitely tell us in the comments below or to the right or to the left or above. Wherever you see comments, comment on them. And tell us how you do this in your life and your family. Because lots of people have completely successful ketogenic lifestyle ways of eating and don't involve their family at all. True. So that's one way that you can do it. You know, we're going to explore other ways. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I, I think that it's interesting to kind of look at it from that perspective first, right? Typically in a family, if a decision is going to be made to go to keto, there tends to be one person who's kind of the... has The pioneer. The, the pioneer, yeah. right? The holder of the original idea. Right. And that's probably you listening right now. Right. Right. <laughs> Or it's your partner who is who has made you listen right now. <laughs> True. So the first step in in kind of going from uh, the individual out to the family is going from the individual to the partner, right? And typically, if we're assuming that this is a parent that's initiating it and not a child, sure. But it could also be a child that maybe goes to um, somebody else in the family that they say, "Will you do this? I, maybe, I need your help on this." Or it can be. Uh, an external third party. Maybe your doctor, maybe your kid has, well, I don't know, asthma or autism or obesity or high blood pressure or any number of issues that can be helped by the ketogenic lifestyle. And maybe your doctor says, this might be something that you can try for your kid. That's something that can happen. So on that note, actually, let's tell you about the God seed of our keto life and our keto way of eating that happened for us, which begins way back in just, what is, what is it, November of 2015. Just the day or two, two days after Thanksgiving. No, it was before Thanksgiving. Two days before Thanksgiving. Do you remember? Yeah, because we had Thanksgiving that was like we were hit by a truck a little bit. Yeah, just before, the, two days before Thanksgiving, I was diagnosed with cancer. He was. And that hit kind of kind of hard, I guess maybe not as hard as it hits most people because I'm 
on the autistic spectrum, so I... It hit me hard. Yeah, it hit Karen pretty hard. It was pretty tough to... It's a pretty tough thing. I mean, so so that you know, so uh, our background is, Mark and I actually are married now, or together for almost 10 years. Almost 10. seven kids between us. So, or seven kids altogether. I came into the marriage with two kids. He came into the marriage with three kids. I said, I'll raise your two kids by one kid. And have two more. And we'll put two more on the table. And she said, I call your two kids. <laughs> And so we had to have two kids. We had to have at least two. So there were four kids from my body, five kids from Mark's body, and together that is seven kids. So five plus four equals seven. Exactly. Five plus four equals seven here on Keto Math. So at that time when we found this out, we had seven kids ranging from five years old to 25 years old. And it was uh, a little bit devastating to think about having to continue this life in this family without uh, Mark, because as you know, well, as you can imagine, whatever. I'm very good at Scrabble, and they were, didn't want that to go away. Right. Also, um, he's the only one who sticks his hand all the way down the garbage disposal. That's true. I, I'm happy to do that, actually. He's very tall, so he reaches all the things. We tried to rescue a little baby fish that went down in there once. Oh my God, that was awful. <laughs> and I couldn't get it. My hand was too big, and my son went in. He was inspired by, by you know, his dad, and he's like, I'll do it with his tinier hands and he got the fish out. The fish lived. Don't call the ASPCA right now. No, we're good. Don't call Peter. We were good. The fish we lived. We saved the fish. Everything's fine. So we got this cancer diagnosis and I was like, at this time in my life, I was like, okay, I've got this. I have um, read the book Crazy Sexy Cancer. I do yoga. I juice every day for you. We're going to go on a raw food diet and cancer can't grow on a raw food diet, right? Cancer can't grow in a body that is 100% alkaline with no acidity, and we're not going to let this grow. And Mark says... Well, I said, okay, and I'll do it. And I think we were juicing We were juicing. At the time. We were and- juicing. And juicing was actually really good for a number of things. Juicing kind of made us feel good, and we didn't get uh, colds as frequently. And so juicing was working. However... You're putting a lot of vitamins in the body. You're putting a lot of vitamins in the body, which is awesome. But for me... But you're also... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, well, I'm just telling from my side of the story, like I did like that part of it. And however, I have some metabolic uh, issues. I have, I have a, um, how do I say this? A fat family. <laughs> and that, I, that was the way to say it. Is that the way I to say it? I think you just said it. I have a super fat family and I have a tendency to be super fat, right? It's just, it's how I'm made. And, um, and it's, it's super easy for me to gain weight, very difficult for me to lose weight. And uh, from a lifetime of, of, of wacky eating that was more, you know, family culture, family environment. Um, I've done a, a, a number on my metabolism. So I'm I'm kind of a, a tough case scenario in this situation. Yeah, Karen's always exercising, always. And, and I before eat well. We, before we went to keto, yeah, working really hard to eat well. And gaining weight steadily. So the other <laughs> thing about the juicing is that it puts a lot of vitamins in you, but it also puts a lot of sugar in you because there's a lot of sugar in the things that we were juicing, the fruits and things like that. So Mark did some... Well, first he tried this raw food diet and he was... Um, sad. He was sad and angry all the time. And I think I know why now. Oh, really? Yeah, Tell me I, about well, that. Well, I think it was because my brain is happier with more fat in my body. And I was depriving myself essentially of fat. And my body, my brain was like not able to run as efficiently as it could with the fat. 
And I think that's why I was so upset. I think my brain's happy on fat, too. Yeah. Yeah, so Mark checked out the science. And it is true that a raw food diet can combat the effects of cancer. But he then... And find a way for Mark Miller to find to realize this. And to bring bacon into the equation. And to bring bacon into the equation. <laughs> but he also started learning about the ketogenic diet. Right. And he also learned that ketosis, when the body is running in ketosis, which means it is burning fat for fuel, it hinders the growth of cancer cells. Yeah, it appears there appears to be evidence to support this claim that cancer does not grow when there's an absence of sugar in the body, it grow or it grows very slowly right. compared to when there's plenty of, of glucose around for it to eat. Sugar feeds cancer. Sugar also feeds inflammation and all kinds of other nasty things. Sugar is a, yep. is a feeder of some nasty, nasty monsters. But basically, he found out that if, if the, he could use the ketogenic diet, and the science that Mark found also said that if you use the ketogenic diet in conjunction with hyperbaric chamber treatments, then... Mice that were injected with metastasized cancer lived longer like up to about 70% uh, longer than mice that were injected in ate a normal diet. Right. So we said, yes, please, 70% longer sounds good. Sure. So we'll try that. So we switched to that. I also, um, we also had uh, the cancer removed as well, so there was surgery involved. Mm -hmm. However, after the cancer was removed, we didn't go back to a regular carb diet because uh, there were a few benefits that we noticed by switching over to keto. Right. So Mark was going to just go on the ketogenic diet. We started this by saying sort of like it's one person, right? So Mark right. was like, I'm going to do this because I don't want to die. Which and goes I... back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago where we were saying there's somebody that's the pioneer. Right. Right? Right. You got to have a God seed to this idea, right? You're, you're not going to make this major change. I guess what my partner said. She said... I'll do it with you. And of course I would do it with you. Because what do you do when your husband has cancer, right? You do whatever you can to make that not be the case. And you're heartbroken and you're desperate. And, you know, I'm like, okay, this is this is a tough way of doing things. But, you know, if I do it, it's going to be easier. So Karen and I start. A week later, I go on a business trip. Uh, I come back. So nine days after we start, she picks me up at the airport and our minds are racing a mile a minute. Here's us at the airport. Like, we're talking, we're talking, and I'm like, oh, my God, I got all of this stuff done, Mark. Like, I was walking along, and I started picking up things for tasks I wasn't aware I needed to do till later. And then I and did I was, them. Yes, I was grabbing them all together in the most efficient way. It was amazing. I was, like, talking about all the, the change that had occurred to me. And um, before I switched to keto, I was... I was in a mental fog to some degree. I was having trouble remembering, a lot of trouble remembering things in the past that were happening. And uh, also my capacity for complexity had diminished. Right. In other words, my ability to hold complex ideas in my head was severely impaired since uh, from the time when I was a child. Now, I'm like, I'm 52 years old right now. I'm about to be 53, I think. And uh, yes. I have to check with Karen because she's the one who tracks. That's correct. All, she does all the logistics in our family. I'm the numbers girl. Right. So I, I went from impaired mentally to alert and almost like at a superpower level of alertness and awareness and ability to handle complexity. So here's what you need to know about Mark Miller, right? So his brain function is super important to him. He is a, he looks a little bit like Megamind, right? He's got this giant head and he uses it for, for everything. And, and he, he's a coder, he codes and, 
um, it's super important to him to be able to hold many things in his in his head. Right. Right. So he was he had been speaking about this for several years before we went on keto about like, oh, I wish I had my young brain back. Right. <laughs> I wish I had that capacity. As I was aging and my brain was essentially becoming foggier. Right. I had to come up with all of these these shortcut tricks to simulate the effects of having the abilities, my skills uh, of my, when I was younger. And, and that's what I was doing. I was essentially collecting all of these different tricks that I had to do to augment the fact that my brain wasn't working as well as it used to. When I switched to keto, when I moved over, I started realizing that I was running at a, a level of mental alertness that I, had, uh, that I had not experienced or felt since uh, my 20s. And that's why I'm never going to go off of keto. That's why I'm still, still on it. Because I have, I, I have, like Karen says, I'm a programmer. I've written more code, more complex code um, in the last uh, two years than I have written probably in the 10 years prior, maybe five years prior to that, right? So we're talking about a level of productivity. Productivity is up. Um, ability to handle complexity is up. That sort of thing. And we've seen similar things in our children, which is part of the reason why we're inspired to do this show is because we want to talk about some of the effects um, that we've seen, the, the beneficial effects. If you're interested in, in maybe bringing your kids into this lifestyle and bringing them in on board or, or even maybe just reducing their sugar. Right. If you're just mindful, when we look at the American Standard Diet and we see all of the sugar that lurks in every corner of it, that might be some. That's the first thing to just just raise your awareness. Let me tell you about um, when I started keto. It was a little bit different for me because Mark didn't really have weight to lose. That wasn't why he went on the ketogenic diet. He did it because of cancer. I, on the other hand, as we said, I had quite a lot of weight to lose. And, um, and I wasn't losing it, right? I'm, I'm steadily gaining. And on the ketogenic and she diet... And wait, just to be clear, she's exercising every day. Right. She's eating very little food. Right. I'm not consuming a ton of food. And I'm like, why? I don't still understand. Still gaining weight. Right? It's still going up. She can't stop it. It's making me crazy. And so, um, and so when I go on keto, nothing changes. For two months, I continue to gain weight. However, I stay on keto because... I'm supporting my husband, but also because it feels good for me. Um, so I have like chronic back issues and they're feeling a little bit better. I have less inflammation. My brain is working better. I'm happier with more fat in my diet. I'm happier that I can share food with Mark Miller and uh, we can eat together. By the way, I think that happiness is chemical. I believe that the more fat you put in, the more chemically happy you are. Yeah. In other words, it's not like you're logically happier, right? You're simply just, you know, enjoying life. You're enjoying the moments, I think, to a deeper level. And I'm, I'm calmer and less reactive. For me, if I'm functioning with more fat in my brain, I'm less likely to lose it, right? I'm less likely to lose my temper. I'm less likely to lose my, my even-keeled approach to it or whatever. It's, for me, that's the case. So because I saw all those benefits, I continued on keto even though I was steadily losing weight. I'm like, whatever. I lose, uh, I'm gaining weight. I, I gain weight no matter what. So she switched to keto. She still gained weight for, I think, four weeks. No, more than that for about two months. Two months. But the, gain, the weight gain, I think, had slowed. 
Is that true or not, Karen? Um, I think it might have slowed. Not not entirely. We don't know for sure. Yeah, it's it's a little tricky. So uh, the other thing that you should maybe know about me is I am actually not a numbers girl. So I actually don't step on the scale. I don't measure or count food. I don't know what my macros are, and I don't test my blood. So my sense is is that is that it did slow during that time. Is that is that is that before that it was kind of like out of control. It was rapid. The news that Karen would get when she came back from the scale would 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 look like she just got hit by a truck kind of thing. Right? Because I was like, what? Yeah. How does this make sense? How is this possible? I'm starving now. I'm starving. And I'm still, it doesn't make sense mathematically. And then I would sense. juice and I would be like, why, how is this happening for me? Right. Because for whatever reason, what I was doing wasn't working. So I switched to keto. I continued to gain weight, but yeah, maybe in a slower way. But after two months, you know, for whatever reason, my my I adjusted, my body adjusted, something happened, but then it started to reverse, and the weight that I'd gained started to um, come off. Yes, Mark. Sorry, I was going to say. By the way, at the time, I remember we concluded that we that you had not been getting enough fat, that your percentage of fat was low. And when you increase that percentage, that's when you started to lose the weight. Right. And again, not measuring something, maybe it takes a little bit more in the trial and error part of it, right? But for me, I need to do it. I do everything by kind of intuition and a feel for things. So so for this, keto would not have been sustainable for me if I had to track. For me, right? This is different. Obviously, lots of people, uh, tracking is a huge tool that they use that is super efficient and really useful. And that's awesome. But for me, I couldn't do that. So whatever. So I changed maybe a little bit, but things started to ch- reverse. Well, and- I, let me let me just say this. When we started, I was tracking. Yeah. And although Karen wasn't tracking, we would be at the same place and I might look, I would look something up and find out the number of carbs in it. Right. And I would tell her. So initially somehow tracking or getting a partner to track for uh, for you Getting more information. Getting more information initially is good. But after a few weeks, we, we kind of got a sense that we know what's right for us. I'm, I personally feel I'm at a point when I, I can recognize when my body needs more fat. Yes. And when I feel that, I'm like, I, I pour in the fat. I create bacon or I, I, I cook bacon or I make something else. Make sure I get more fat in my body. Yeah, I feel that too. I definitely feel a need for fat. And I also feel when something's a little off in me and I might be craving things that are not going to be nutritious for my body. And I can and I try to think about why that is, right? So that's a show on intuition. We'll do one of those later. I cannot wait for that show. <laughs> Mark is a little more robotic in his approach to life. Mr. Autism says yes to that show. <laughs> intuition cannot wait. There is no science behind intuition. That's not true. We'll talk about that on our intuition show. But but anyway, so things started to reverse for me and I lost weight and I managed to lose like at, at the end of the day about 50 pounds um, and put me on a in a much better place. So um, a much better place with my weight, a much better place with my metabolism, my brain, my back, my breathing. Many things have improved with the ketogenic lifestyle. Yeah. And for the first time, Karen felt like she could actually control her body, control her weight. That is huge. Because prior to this, she was she felt powerless. This is why when she'd get coming back from the scale, her face would be white, right? She felt powerless. She felt like she was doing everything in her power that she could do. And she was still gaining weight. 
And and now when she switched over to keto, she realized, oh, I understand now what was happening, right? When she was doing the juice fasting, essentially starving herself but pouring sugar into her body, right? right? Her body was like, we'll take that. And we'll turn it right into fat. Fat that was stored on your body. Yes. But her body was still bar-burning carbs. This is, I think, the problem with, and again, Karen and I are not scientists, but this is, uh, so, so double check anything that you hear from us if you want to make any <laughs> life depending changes on it. We're just parents. This is what I think is wrong with with most traditional diets is they involve starving and then treats kind of thing, right? Yeah, your cheat day. Yeah, your body's just going through the cycle and it's going to continue to to create fat cells and your body's going to continue to burn sugar and when that sugar is low you're going to feel like really bad, right? You're going to feel bad. And that's why that's why the ketogenic diet, if you if you are going to do it to lose weight, is, in my opinion, so much better than all these others. You're not miserable, right? There's no counting calories. You just simply eat until you're full, right, of these, these proportions. And you switch your body over from running on sugar to running on fat, which takes about, for us, it took about nine days for me. It was about nine days. The same, same for about Karen. Yep, yep. It was about that. And there is nothing more priceless than feeling in control. First of all, feeling in control of cancer. Right. Right? Feeling Because many of us have been touched by cancer and we know that it is devastating. And feeling like you may have some power in that situation is really a game changer. I think it is. For those of us who have metabolic derangement, um, feeling like we might have power over our metabolic issues is a huge game changer. It's recipe time! Recipe time! Recipe time! How can you be a keto family if you don't know how to make keto food? You need a recipe! At least. So today, we're going to give you the recipe for the staple of the Mangicotti Miller Keto House. This is our current staple, kids. Oh, it's so good. We love this. We discovered this about three weeks ago, a month ago, maybe. Yeah, and we've been like dancing the happy dance ever since. It's so good. So let us get, we're going to share with you the recipe for Keto Kiddo Five Ingredient Bagels. Keto Kiddo Five Ingredient Bagels. The nice thing about this is only five ingredients. Five ingredients, kids. Anybody can do this. Anybody. Hey, you know who made my Keto Kiddo five-ingredient bagels this morning? Who? My seven-year-old. What? Uh-huh. Those were awesome. They were awesome. I love those. So let me tell you the five ingredients. One, mozzarella cheese. Okay. Two, cream cheese. Okay. Three, almond flour. Okay. Four, gluten-free baking powder. Okay. And five, eggs. Eggs. Two of them. Two eggs. Here's how we make this. So easy, guys. Well, we have, we have a mixer. We have a KitchenAid mixer. So we throw into the bowl two and a half cups of the mozzarella cheese, a tablespoon of the cream cheese, one and a half cups of almond flour, one teaspoon of the baking powder, and the two eggs. Now, if you do not have a measuring cup, it's okay. It doesn't matter. I've made these without a measuring cup. Me too. And they come out pretty good. It's fine. More, Mostly mozzarella cheese, second most, the almond flour, little bit of the baking powder, 
little bit of the cream cheese and the two eggs, right? Keep the two eggs because that's easy to measure. So don't worry about it. This is the easiest, most forgiving recipe. So we put all those ingredients all together in our KitchenAid and then we mix it, mix it, mix it, mix it. And then we stop and we lift it up and we scrape off the sides and we mix it, mix it, mix it, mix it. And then we stop and we pick it up and we scrape off the sides. Waiting until it gets smooth. Until it's pretty smooth. And it looks more or less doughy. Now, this works if you've got a powerful mixer in your house. But if you don't, what do we have to do? You have to have powerful keto arms. <laughs> okay. You want to get it, or you can maybe put the mozzarella cheese in the microwave for a few seconds just to warm it up a yeah, bit. Yeah, and then it's going to be, it, it'll be messier, but a little bit easier to blend. More bowls to clean. Yeah. But if you've got a KitchenAid mixer, in fact, if you don't have one, um, we strongly recommend that because you can make keto bagels and you can make, you can make oopsie bread and whoopie pies. Lots of, lots of things that we'll explore in recipes. Yes. Put it all in your KitchenAid and mix it, mix it, mix it until it feels like dough-ish. Yep. Then you need a cookie sheet with some parchment paper. Parchment paper is your best friend when you're keto. It's very important. It's very important. Parchment paper you need. Parchment paper you need. You totally need it because otherwise um, you're going to have just too many pans be ruined and the bagels will stick and parchment paper is just this glorious substance that everything slides off of. So parchment paper on your cookie sheet. Yep. And then your this will make, this recipe I just gave you, will make about six bagels. Right, about five so or six. you just divide it in the middle. This is how I do it. You take the, the dough, you make it into a roll, oh. you cut it in about the middle, oh. and then you cut each each of the two halves into three littler pieces. And oh. then you make it a ball between your hands. You roll and roll and roll and roll in. And then you poke it with your finger, put it on the parchment, and I bake it at 375, and I do it for about 15 to 20 minutes, depending on how many, how soon I have to run out the door, and and how, and if I've forgotten it or not. <laughs> Mark Miller sets an alarm, which might be a nice idea for you, too. That works as well. You know, I don't roll it like that, Karen. You, oh, interesting. You know what I do? I, I wash my hands, and I reach in, and I just grab a fistful, and then, ah. and then I roll that. And then I, I keep doing that until I have about five or six of them. You are a savage rebel. Now, did you talk about poking the hole inside? I talked about poking the hole inside. Sometimes, you know what I do is I use two fingers with my fingernails oh, that's back too to much. back. That's too much. To poke down in and push around so that ah. I don't get dough in my fingernails, which so, I don't like. that's a little bit interesting. I rarely do because I have my dough poking finger, which has a short nail on it. Mm. But I poke and then I make the make the circle bigger. Yes. I go round and round. We to both make do that same thing. We make yeah. the circle bigger to... So you've got something that looks like a donut a little bit. A like little a bit donut. like a donut. Yeah. But don't say donut because that that's, um, this is a keto show, my friend. <laughs> I will find a way to make a keto donut, my friend. <laughs> Donuts are that's my gonna, downfall. That's going to be a recipe. We do things kind of close to that. Yeah. No, I actually, I haven't really craved a donut in a year. You're welcome. Holy bananas. That's crazy. All yep. right. So that's our recipe for show number one, keto, keto, five ingredient bagels. And then when they come out of the oven, they're going to be so... Delicious. We yes. put butter and cream cheese on them, but you can dip it in olive oil. You can make sandwiches out of them. Olive oil plus Parmesan cheese and a little bit of salt and garlic powder. Maybe it's some mano- mayonnaise, some salami, and some cheese for a lunchbox yeah. um, sandwich. That would be amazing. The bagels are amazing. And again, just to reiterate, from the start of the idea where you say, I think I'd like some bagels, to the time you've got a hot 
fresh bagel in your mouth is about 20 minutes. It's glorious. It's 20 minutes. It's so fast. Yeah. And you can't get anything close to that if you want to try to do this with bread. Yeah. Right? Bread, creating bread, the rising time. There's nothing that's this fast that tastes and feels and looks as much like bread yep. as these five ingredient so bagels. So keep these things on in stock in your house and you'll always have a way cuz there are sometimes when you're like, "Uh, I don't I've got nothing, right? I don't know what to put in my mouth. I'm hungry and I don't know what to eat." And these things always pretty much hit the spot. So these bagels are a little smaller. They're not like the huge enormous donut shop exposed to nuclear waste giant bagels that's like, you know, five times your bread serving. It's not that. It's a smaller bagel, probably, you know, about the size of a piece of salami, actually, perfectly. Um, But since it's made with all that protein and fat and it's made with almond flour, you just need one. You are not going to be crazy hungry after one of these bagels. Yeah, you are full after eating these. They they sit with you and give you energy all day. It's like, yeah, Whoa. and again, perfect for keto families who might be trying to find lunchbox solutions. Right, exactly. All right, so that's our keto recipe for today. All right, Karen. And that was we, a great recipe. We'll have another one next week. I love it. We are doing this family keto podcast for those of you who feel like you want a little bit more control over the things that you can control. And we're doing it for everybody who just wants to know maybe a better, a different way to do things, maybe a different way to eat, maybe a different way to approach sugar with your kids. So that's what we're going to be exploring here. This has been Karen and Mark uh, on Keto Families. Coming up next week, we are going to talk about Transitions. 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 And we are going to talk about what happens when you have a very carb-burning family and you want to make changes. Right? If you have a baby and you want to raise that baby keto, that's not too hard. But what if you have a teenager and you want to turn that teenager into a... uh, A keto kiddo. A keto kiddo. We're going to talk about that next week on uh, our transition show. And Karen, speaking of keto kiddos... Yes, we have a segment at the end of our show just for kids. Right. At the end of every keto family show, yes. we're going to have a section just for kids that's going to be... Uh, and by the way, the keto family show is something that we intend to be... Uh, uh, intend to be... Family to, friendly. For parents, but family friendly. So the kids should be able to listen to the entire show. However, at the very end, we have a segment just for kids, and we're also going to make this end segment separately available as its own podcast uh, called Keto Kiddos, so that if you want your kids to subscribe to that, they can, and they can hear just the ending pieces. So we're going to move right into that. Welcome to the Keto Kiddos segment of Keto Families. I'm Karen. And I'm Mark. And we are going to talk to you about ketogenic eating and food and sugar. (laughs) All right, let's do it. So we're talking about the first one first because sugar is super sneaky. Wait, wait, it's sneaky? Oh, it's so sneaky. You mean it might be right behind me right now? I'm pretty sure it is. Go! Oh, no, that was just my shadow, Karen. It's okay. It wasn't sugar. Mark, name a sugary food. Candy. Great idea. We all know that candy has sugar, but do you know sometimes yogurt has sugar? Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, like if you get maybe Danimal's yogurt, there can be a lot of sugar in there. That's sneaky, Karen. Sugar's sneaky. Mark, do you know where to find sugar? Yes, in the sugar box, in the sugar aisle. Yes. 
at the sugar store. All of those places. But do you know where else you can find sugar? Um, yeah, I think I can. Hmm, let's give you a quiz, Mark. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, I'm going to give you three foods, and you tell me which food probably has sneaky sugar. All right, I can do this. Got it? I got it. Okay, question one for Mark. Mark, yes? which of these three foods is likely to have sneaky sugar? Okay. Added to it, okay? One, steak. Hmm. Two, an apple. Ooh. Three, bread. I'm going to say, I think the steak, because it's thick and meaty and you could stick sugar like right... What? No? No. That's not the steak? No, it's not steak. I thought I had that one. I guess maybe people add sugar to steak, but if you just buy a steak in a grocery store, it's not going to have added sugar. You can tell because it looks like meat. It looks like what it is, and there's nothing else in it, so nothing else can contain sugar. I want another shot at this. Okay. I'm going to say it again, Mark. Ready? Yes. Steak. I know it's not the steak. Okay, good. Is it apple Mm. or bread? Uh, I've had an apple, and I remember eating bread, too. I know what that tastes like, and the apple is much sweeter. So I'm going to say it's definitely the apple for the win. Is that the wind Sorry, sound? Sorry, Mark. Was that's that the... not the wind sound. That's not the wind sound? No. An apple is sweet, and it does have sugar, but not sneaky sugar. The The sugar that occurs in an apple occurs naturally in the apple. It's, it's Oh, you're talking about sugar that sneaks in. Yes, that they add to it. And lots of bread does not have added sugar, but some bread does have added sugar. To make it sweeter. Sure, because you know what people want? You to eat more bread, because guess what they get to do? Sell more bread? Sell more bread! Good job! That's sneaky! That is so sneaky! Why would they do that? Because they like to make money. It's okay, but it's your job to make sure that there's no added sugar in your bread. Let's try this again. I'm going to have three more foods, and you tell me where the sneaky sugar is. Got it? All right, I think I got this now. Okay. The three foods are... Ketchup. Ketchup. Chicken legs. Chicken legs. Or spinach. Which one has sneaky sugar? Well, I don't think it's spinach. I'm pretty sure it's not that. Ooh, that sounds like the wind sound. If you just buy spinach leaves in the grocery store, they won't have any added sugar in them because they'll just look like spinach leaves. They look like what they are. So chicken legs, like a drumstick. If I had that, like, if I ate that, probably, I'm going to say I don't think it's in the drumstick either. No added sugar. No sneaky sugar there. But I've also taste, tasted ketchup, and but I don't think there's any in ketchup either because ketchup doesn't taste... What? Not, that's not the wind sound? Most ketchups have added sugar. No. You can go to the grocery store and find the one with the label that will say no added sugar. So that one won't have added sugar, but most ketchups do. And sometimes, even if it says no added sugar, they might try to put another sneaky kind of sugar in there. So you have to be super careful. The main thing that you want in your ketchup is... Tomatoes. Good job. I got it. You want ketchup that's tomatoes and maybe some salt. Give me the wind sound. I got that one right. Yay. So wait, Karen, where can I find this? If I wanted to see if my bread has sugar in it, how do I know? Ooh, that's a really good question. You look at your nutrition label, and that will tell you all the things that are added to that bread besides just wheat or flour or whatever. You can really look and see if there's any kind of sugar in the nutrition label. Also, there's a part on your nutrition label that says sugars, and you just got to check that. 
All right, ready? We have our last question. I'm ready, Karen. Peanut butter. Okay. Butter. Okay. Burger. Hmm, this is a tough one. I've had all three of these. You go to the grocery store, you'll see in the meat department burgers in a package. Yeah. You'll see butter in a box, and you'll see peanut butter probably in a jar. Right. Where's that sneaky sugar hiding? Wait a minute. Maybe there's a clue in the packaging. Hmm, maybe there is. A box? Hmm. A box or a jar. That doesn't... Or a package. Maybe. Okay, the burger is a lot like that steak it before. Is. Right? But the steak didn't have any added sugar in it. So the burger probably doesn't either. I'm throwing that one out. So now I'm down to butter or peanut butter. Butter tastes kind of salty to me, and so does peanut butter. It's hard to think about which one would have it. But the peanut butter is kind of creamier and the butter is slipperier. And I know that that sugar is sticky. So the sticky would probably, if I mix sugar in with with regular butter, I think it would get stickier, not so slippy. So I'm going to say, based on how sticky it is, that peanut butter has got added sugar in it. Yes! Many kinds of peanut butter. Not all peanut butter. You can get organic peanut butter made with nothing but peanuts and salt, right? And I suppose you could get a burger that was ground with some sugary things, but it's unlikely. The likely situation is that the burger has no sneaky sugar, that the butter has no sneaky sugar, but that your peanut butter does. If you're using Skippy or Jif or Peter Pan, and they don't specify that there's no sugar added, oh, there's sugar added. So I can confirm this by taking a look at the jar and looking for that food label that you talked about. Yeah, and remember, you just want to look for ingredients. Look for the word sugars. And you want your ingredients in your peanut butter to be peanuts and salt and no other place for sneaky sugar to hide. Wow. Yeah. Thanks, Karen. You're welcome. We're going to keep looking out for Sneaky Sugar on this show and do lots of other fun games that will help you know how to read nutrition labels, how to find Sneaky Sugar, and how to know the other names of sugar. So we'll get to all that in our future podcast. Thanks for playing today, Mark. Thanks, Karen. Bye-bye, keto kiddos. Bye, kids. Well, I don't know about you, Richard, but I'm excited about this podcast, Keto Families. Oh, yeah. Well, we think they did a great job, and we want to know what you think. Of course, if you have anything that you want to tell us, something Mark or Karen said wrong, something that you don't (laughs) agree with, or some more research you found to support or refute anything they said, (laughs) send it by email (laughs) to dudes at 2ketodudes.com or post on our website. And you can follow us on Twitter at 2ketodudes, on Instagram at 2ketodudes, and make sure to use the hashtag 2ketodudes. And, of course, if you want to join the free ketogenic forum, it's forum.2keto.com. And if useless swag is your fancy, you know, T-shirts, coffee mugs, and other junk with witty keto sayings on them, head over to gear.2keto.com. And if you want a shot at getting that swag for free, join the 2 Keto Dudes fan club. You'll be eligible to win something in every show. Except this one. (laughs) (laughs) Go to fanclub.2keto.com. And if you feel like supporting our podcast and our forums, make a pledge on our Patreon page at patreon.2keto.com. Or just hit the donate button on our website at www.2ketodudes.com. Or just go to donate.2keto.com. You can also see our podcast and other videos that we've made on YouTube at youtube.2keto.com. And if you haven't already, go leave us a review on iTunes. 
Absolutely. Two Keto Dudes is brought to you by Two Keto LLC and produced by Pwop Productions, providing audio, video, and podcast production services since 2002. Online at pwop.com. Well, keep calm and keto on, Richard. Yeah, keep calm and keto on, Kyle. All right, we'll see you next time on Two Two Keto Keto Dudes. Dudes.